Cleveland Browns, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, guys, we're brought here to you uh, tonight by MyBookie.com. Uh, not the desired outcome. And, uh, guys, this is kind of what happened a little bit weak, whether it's a Snoop Dogg showing up at the facility, whether it's a J.R. Smith not only going to the game, but he's going to go tailgate. And, you know, the the expectations raised nationally. The L.A. Chargers are a no-joke of an organization right now, led by a fine quarterback who found holes today. Uh, there's a lot of things to get here to today. Um, look, Tough one for Baker. Uh, this is what's going to happen, though. You're going to get some ups and downs with a rookie quarterback. Uh, all right, Pete, give me some words here, and then we'll get into this. Uh, Pete, a lot of the points we had brought up all spring, summer long, seem to have resurfaced today. Um, I saw a young team play like a young team, and those teams tend to be inconsistent. And, and it seemed to me like three overtimes finally caught up with them, and they just looked gassed. Uh, a lot of the game, and especially when things started getting ugly, it, it looked like they just, well, it, you know, the, the, during the game, the commentators talked about emotion, and maybe that, maybe they were going on a little bit of fumes from that that got them through the Baltimore game, but I, I think a lot of things just sort of caught up, and they just looked sort of gassed, and, and obviously, you know, Baker Mayfield's ankle didn't help, and, and he didn't play a great game, even though I still, you know, I still watch this game, and I think, God, he's going to be good. But, yeah, it's just, you know, what do we say every week? It's a week-to-week league, and last week the Browns were in the playoffs, and, and everything's going great. This week they get, you know, back to back to earth. Uh, it only counts as one loss. They get thumped pretty good, but uh, now everything's bad, and the Browns need to trade a thousand things to fix it and all that stuff, just how it goes. Yeah, let's go drop another $14 million on a wide receiver who isn't a wide receiver one. Guys, this week, one of the talking points I kept making to you was, what did you need from this offense? You needed, well, from this team, offensively, you needed Jarvis Landry to go out there and be a big boy. You needed a 10 reception game. Didn't get that. What did we need? I felt their defensive line could eat and get home here more often than not and make a difference. They did not do either. Um, biggest focal point me and Pete probably spent, whether it was through the draft process, and we went on and on and on, and then it went into the summer when you, you know, told, you know, Antonio Callaway, I mean, when you told uh, Corey Coleman you were done with him, and then when you finally went out, you moved on from Josh Gordon, problem was is you had counted on these guys, and you had given these guys significant reps, and you did not do enough to ensure yourself on the back end. Sure, Jarvis Landry, but look, guys, here it is now, and if you want to look at the numbers... Yes, he's done some good things, but if you want to look over the overall numbers, he's not performing like the you know performing like the wide receiver one that a lot of you people hoped he would. The other thing was is we knew we needed a second insurance policy. Antonio Callaway wasn't that guy. Yes, some talent, but out of the game as long as he was. Damian Ratley, I was glad to see some production from him today. You know what you got to see though? You got to see a guy who played like a sixth round pick, and maybe if he got to play more in August these things would be a little bit more refined out of his game as opposed to throw him into a big slot. I think he did the best with what he could. Um, Now, these guys aren't ready available. So we're going to roll with these kids, and that's just the way it's going to be. And I also think this is maybe a statement on what kind of player Rashad Higgins was at his time, Pete. Yeah, I, I think I think the Browns missed Rashad Higgins, and and that's Baker Mayfield missed Rashad Higgins. Yeah, I think that's a testament to just how far he's come as a player because I don't think anyone was thinking that 
when training camp opened. I don't think anyone was saying, wow, the Browns are really going to need Richard Higgins to have a, a good game on a, in a week or, or, or can't afford to lose him. Um, it, it, you know, or the offense is going to be in trouble. Uh, you know, right now he looks substantially more valuable than than Jarvis Landry, who people tried to Browns fans tried to turn into New Hopkins. He's he's not. He's an okay slot receiver who's getting paid way too much money and is kind of a baby when things don't go his way, which allegedly is what happened today. Reportedly, bad body language. You know, this is this is kind of what he does. He had, you know, at least one play where he just basically didn't feel like you know really going for the ball. Uh, just, just wasn't good. Um, uh, you know, Antonio Callaway's a rookie, and and he's a rookie who's been away from the game a long time, and he's a rookie who dropped balls in college, and he's a rookie who didn't run great routes in college. He was sort of a physically incredible marvel in terms of he was just big and physical, and he played like a tailback as a receiver with the ball after the catch. And the Browns are asking him to be, you know, an an all everything receiver. I, you know, I, and I never thought that was very realistic. I always uh, sort of envisioned him as being a, you know, a guy who could stretch the field, a guy who could take a screen, and a guy who could return kicks. And hopefully, he would get, you know, he'd get better, and he'd develop, and 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 those things would happen. But y- you can't expect that to happen through six weeks. Damien Ratley, you know, clearly the the plan was never for him to see the field this year realistically they they you know he was sort of buried there was it wasn't a guarantee he'd make the roster uh you know he might have been a practice squad guy he certainly shows some talent uh he's already shown i think more than i than i, I might have expected from him but you know he's not ready either and 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 you're saying that your offense revolves around Jarvis Landry and two rookie wide receivers and and I look at the roster and I see all these guys who don't get the football. And to me, you know, that is not on the players. You want the players to do their job. You want the players to, to execute when they have the opportunity. But you're looking at a roster with Duke Johnson. You're looking at a roster with David Njoku. And they both produced when they had opportunities. You're looking at a roster with Seth Devolve, uh Nick Chubb, and some of these other guys. And... They basically didn't didn't see the field or didn't get the ball, and instead they insisted on these receivers. They insist on being a receiver-based offense and passing game, and they insist on on just relying on on, on Carlos Hyde to get less than three yards of carry. Like that's going to get them anywhere. And I think it's just it's. I think we've talked about it. I think they are holding this offense back. I don't think that if they came out and Duke Johnson was the focal point and Nick Chubb was, you know, outstanding all that. I don't think that magically makes the Browns win, but I do think that that the plan today sucked. And I and, and I have no confidence right now in anything that that side of the ball is doing from a coaching standpoint. So you have inconsistent players by nature being so young and, and being so many being rookies, but you're also relying on coaches who are are not in, 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 at least in the way I look at it, putting the utilizing the players they have, and putting the best plan of attack or using their player the best players for the, for given opportunities in any situation. Yeah, I mean you're not rolling out there with a squad of Antonio Brown, uh, you know Bryant and Juju Smith Schuster, and this is what we had talked about. Todd Haley, there's talent there. You've got to utilize it. You've got a game plan for it. And guys, I hate to sound like a, I'm about to do it again, but I'm gonna. Let's see now. Overall, 14 carries, 34 yards for Carlos Hyde. 
Let's take out the long run of the day, the long run of nine yards, 13 for 25. It's not even two yards a carry. And look, yes, it's hard when your offensive line is you know kind of getting beat up a little bit, but a more agile athlete has a better chance to make something out of those plays. Carlos Hyde does not. So that is the, that as far as we're going to go in the skill position offensively. Pete Baker, um, look, I, I mean, I kind of had a feeling one of these was coming because, I mean, everybody was riding so high, and it is the NFL. Eventually, somebody's going to have your number. Um, but I think he was in a really, really tough shot, like we said, with Higgins. And, and I'm not saying he didn't fight to the bitter end because he most certainly did. And, you know, uh, as everything's been said afterwards, he's, you know, basically just says, you know, I'm okay or whatever. You know, obviously was, you know, probably not 100% out there moving around late in the game. But be that as may, you know, he's still going to, you know, he's going to take his licks. It was a two-turnover day. Um, but y- there is still some good. I mean, and you see it. I mean, obviously the drop touchdown passes don't help. Uh, continually finding ways to get David Najoku involved, uh, a guy who we, we think has a bright upside. So, yes, at the end of the day, it's a 35-14 ball game. Um, but this is, you're going to learn a million times more from a loss like this, or at least you should, Pete, than, you know, from the success Baker had had to this point. Right. Yeah. You know, it's insane that, you know, a a first down marker uh, seems to have dramatically altered what this game might have been. Uh, but once Mayfield's ankle went uh, and it wasn't 100 percent, it seems like he trusted protection even less, uh, which is not good to begin with, because I, I think uh, I think his his legs sort of he he knows his legs can sort of buy him some opportunities and and some of the things like that. But he also you know he missed some throws he shouldn't miss. He made some decisions he shouldn't make, uh, and and those things proved costly with the two interceptions uh, and and holding onto the ball and taking some hits he shouldn't have. But at the same time, he makes some absolutely drop-dead gorgeous throws uh, that were either just out of reach of receivers or off the hands of receivers or, uh, you know, or they were actually caught. Um, they, I mean, the, the, the you know, and then one of those Ratley couldn't pull down uh, was a gorgeous throw. There yep. was another one that was out, out of his, out, just out of his reach uh, and then he drops the one in, in on Ratley's hands, like he handed it to him on the on the little stop and go wheel action on the sideline. He made that great throw to uh, Njoku in the end zone. Even though I hate that play call, uh, he made that he rifled that ball to Callaway for the two point conversion. Like there's just so much. Like as mu- as bad as this game was, and it's bad on so many levels. The era of inbred enthusiasm does not change because. You just see how good this can be, and even in a loss where he's, you know, he's had obviously clearly the worst game of his his young pro career, clearly a game that you know is not up to his standard, which is already good. And the thing I'm noticing is that fans and and, and media and and some of those are 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 pretty hard on him, and that's good because that means they have expectations for him. It's not. You know, Josh Allen. Oh my God, he completed a pass. Good. Look, you're you're doing so good. It's <laughs> this kid's got to make the plays, or they aren't going to lose. They're, they aren't going to win the game. They aren't going to be competitive. That's that's on the one hand, you know, unrealistic and unfair. But that says how good he already is, and how good he can be. And and you know, and and the, it's good that Mayfield. You know, this is key. He's an adult. 
uh, can handle all that stuff. And, and you mentioned it in the press conference. He handled it like a pro. He always does. He always uh, he's always talks about it's it's on him. Uh, everything, basically, when the offense isn't working, it's his fault. Uh, he didn't do enough. He didn't make it easier on his – he didn't do enough to help his line. He didn't do enough to help his receivers. All those things you like to hear from your, your, your quarterback. Now, and obviously, you don't want to hear that every week because that means they're losing and he's not playing well consistently. But when he – you know, has a game like this, and hopefully these are few and far between, that this is the guy you want to see. But, again, as uh, you see all this bad, and all I come away with is, oh, my God, he's going to be good, and they just need to help him out, uh, both in terms of getting talent, developing the talent they have, and, and just putting them in position to be better. Well, and also using the talent he has around him more often. But this also goes back to Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, at Oklahoma. And, you know, the Rose Bowl comes, uh, you know, he had been sick most of the time and, you know, was not being able to live up to his media obligations. He finally got up out of bed and went. And the first thing, reason he said it is, it's not fair that my teammates have to come here and do my job. I'm the quarterback of this team. And this is where Baker Mayfield is going to go, guys. So not a great day for Baker Mayfield. But hopefully a great, uh, you know, a day that leads to greatness for Baker Mayfield, guys. You know, ever since I've shared, uh, started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually, it's you know what team they want to bet on this week. And the truth is, I can't tell you which team to bet on this week. I can give you my opinion, but I can tell you who you're betting on is almost as important as who you are betting with. That's why I always t- uh, recommend to my listeners that you use my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is simple, clean, and easy to use. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. Don't wager much, but MyBookie is where I would do it. That's why I am urging you all to take your business to MyBookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. MyBookie.com is currently slammed with new uh, prospective new members. So what they're doing for you to make things easier on them, if you register your account after 7 p.m. Eastern, they will give you a free $25 with your account. This also goes along with the same old deal over at MyBookie.com. They will match your initial deposit up 100% up to $1,000. So you put in $100, you get $100. If you do it after 7 p.m. Eastern, guys, you know the deal. You get the extra $25. Uh, use the promo code, new promo code with this one, guys, capital L, locked, capital O on 25, locked on 25. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot com. MyBookie.com. You play, you win, you get paid. Uh, Pete, offensively, uh, I mean defensive side of the ball now, Melvin Gordon was running amok. Uh, Terrell Williams, they were hitting big ones. Um, a lot of chunk, and it quickly got out of hand. And with the first drive I, I watched with Rivers and the crew, it came. It came apparent that they were ready to go today. I know some. Oh well, the ten o'clock wake up call. Uh, I wasn't really believing in much of that. I wasn't, and they just seemed like they had a good thing going, and they and they were humming at a good pace. It didn't look like the Browns had a good plan. Uh, it just didn't. Uh, and what did Greg Williams do? He can't help himself. He blitzes. Yep. And, and Philip Rivers. It, it just they looked like they took a lot from what the Raiders did and just got the ball out super quick. And a lot of those things were, were positive. And, and some of this was blind-ass luck, too. Uh, the first-half offense of the Chargers was not good. In fact, I would say it would, was very similar to the Browns and in, in how it was called in terms of just being poor. But Phillip Rivers and his receiving crew made big-time plays. And I think a lot of the difference, Tyrell Williams with the two big long ones in the first half, I think a lot of that 
the, the difference in the game, at least early, was the difference between having a rookie quarterback who looks really, really promising and having a Hall of Fame quarterback who's playing at the peak of his powers, which Rivers still is. He's having the best start of his career uh, this season. And they just made plays. Tyrell Williams made that play in the end zone in triple coverage. He made another play over uh, over the top. I mean, that's that's not just a matter of the defense, you know, not being positioned to play well. They just didn't make the play, and and the Chargers did make a play, and and that that was a huge part of it. But when you're talking about the perimeter run game and some of those that stuff, the Browns just didn't look good. And, and and they didn't tackle well, and things got out of hand, and it seemed like it went from bad to worse. Uh, and, and and then you know Joe Schobert goes down and and with a hamstring, and you you can only hope that's you know not a long term issue because he's been a monster in the middle of that defense for all the missed tackles he has. He you know he can cover, he can fly around and cause turnovers. Uh, but again, I, I do think this this was the product in some respects of those extra almost three quarters of football carrying over and, and getting worn down on some of these. The other part of this is, I, I you know, I think the Chargers played well in certain respects uh, with their protection scheme and some of those other things. But so much of that comes down to Philip Rivers is really, really good. Uh, you know, like Denzel Ward played pretty well for the most part, and he he. You know, he got beat, and a lot of it was like out of his arm reach, and the ball was just right where it had to be, and the guy made the catch, and you had a lot of those type of plays. But you know, it, when when the floodgates sort of opened, it went from you know they're not playing well, and the offense is playing terribly, giving you this lead, giving up this lead, uh, to oh man, this is bad, uh, and and yeah, the bad call, the the no. The, the missed false start, which was pretty embarrassing, that opened it up to a two-score lead, and even then, that coming out of the third into the third quarter, the defense actually had a really good opening series, and then unfortunately Mayfield immediately turned the ball over. Uh, so yeah, young defense, uh, inconsistent as comes with the territory, worn down, not a very good plan, and it all sort of added up to be, you know, sort of a mess. Yeah, um, well, I mean, the thing, in, you know, and then that interception, the second interception, you short, short side the field on your defense, and it had been tough on these guys anyway. Uh, you know, like, like they said, and, you know, with the, I do believe, and I like the, the gas standpoint, because, you know, we always want to talk about the age with this, these guys, but at the end, it, it doesn't matter. It's still football. It's going to catch up to you, especially with a guy like Joe Schobert, who's taking as many snaps, taking every snap. With all these guys, the, the amount of snaps they're taking, you know, it, it takes a toll. It, it, it takes a tremendous toll. And, you know, now here they are. And look, now, I mean, you know, it would be a great time for a bye week. Sure it would. But uh, <laughs> ain't got that way. Still got another month to go with that. Uh, from Jake Burns real quick. Uh, everything Baker Mayfield-wise says the foot is fine. Um, one other thing I'm getting. I, I did get a couple of messages while we're recording here. Uh, do not be surprised if Dayon Buchanan's name continues to be a name of attraction here with the Cleveland Browns. That's just something I'm getting here in the last couple of minutes. But it, it was tough with that, Pete. And... You know, maybe I, I I probably did underestimate the Chargers here, and maybe it's because it's for years I've always thought they were going to be that team. Um, 
You know, they were down the right tackle today, but it didn't really seem to be a problem. Uh, Melvin Gordon, his shiftiness, uh, he's really smart in setting uh, you know, would-be tacklers up into break tackles. Obviously, that's why as successful as he is. And I will agree. I think Denzel Ward, you know, it was a good day for him, and it's going to continue because, you know, obviously, we know, you know, we're, we're going to flip the page tomorrow, start looking ahead to Tampa Bay, and it's going to be Mike Evans is going to be facing next week. Um, I, I think this is maybe one where maybe, you know, I don't want to say their heads got too big, but this is one that, you know, you never want to say they needed it, but maybe they needed to be able to step back here and say, all right, things have really, really been going well for a two-and-a-half-game stretch. We got to realize that now everybody, and I mean everybody with this one, the coaching staff included, now there's adaptations that got to be made. And look, now there's film of Baker Mayfield out there. You've got three full games of Baker Mayfield. Everyone's going to adjust to him. What are the Browns going to do to adjust to it? And it is kind of hard when he was down two wide receivers today. You know, obviously with Higgins, a guy he had a great rapport with. It seemed like he was getting one with Willie's. So now he's got to go back and he's got to learn two new guys all over again. And Willie's injury, extremely unfortunate that it was a Friday because it looked as if there was going to be a role for him because most of what Damian, Damian Ratley was doing today probably would have been routes Willie's was running. So just tough in that respect. Right. So you, you could talk about, you know, the Browns needed to lose this and, and, and maybe there's some truth to that. And maybe it's just a matter of everything sort of happened to coincide this week. But again, this is the NFL. It's not college. It's not high school where, you know, for the most part, teams that are supposed to win win. I mean, this is the same league where the Buffalo Bills, who are god awful, almost have three wins and beat the hell out of the Minnesota Vikings, who many people think are a sexy Super Bowl pick. Uh, and, and you mentioned it, the Chargers you know, were another team that sort of team, people had as a, as a sneaky favorite to win the, 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 the AFC West. Uh, they didn't expect Mahomes to be quite this good, quite this fast, and, and, and the Chargers have all this talent and all these things. Didn't expect Bosa to be down like this. But they have a lot of good players, and, and there were a lot of people who thought, oh, man, the Chargers can get in the playoffs and, and make a big run. But the other part of that is the Chargers have always been a team that have sort of disappointed relative to their expectations. Um, so you never really know what to get with them. Um, you know, but I think part of this is also the fact that the Browns aren't surprising anyone anymore. Like, nope. they're not a cute story. They're a good football team on defense, and teams are preparing for them like they're a good defense, and they're not sort of you know, expecting to be able to just roll over them. They realize they have to have a good game plan and good execution on a weekly basis to make it happen. And I think some of that, you know, they had a ton of success against Drew Brees the one week, but a lot of us expected that Drew Brees was going to get the Browns and ultimately they won, but the defense played really well. And I think this is more in line with, I think what many of us expected was going to happen against the saints and it just happened to hap you know, happened to occur this week, where you run into a, a Hall of Fame quarterback who's got a lot of interesting weapons and a lot of guys who can make plays. Had a good game plan, at least in 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 theory, in terms of getting the ball out quickly. Even if their offensive play calling in the first half was pretty awful, that it just sort of caught them, and everything sort of happened at the same time. So, like, I I don't want to get into this mode where oh, this is the new reality and the Browns are terrible. And, and maybe they, they, they do go out and, and lose a few games in a row. I th you know, But this is part of them sort of growing up. And I don't even, even want to say it's them learning how to win. I just think it's the nature of the beast that is the NFL, that is a week-to-week -week league, and how hard it is to win NFL games. Uh, that You know, you have a team that lost so many last year that you – know, that, 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 
they they should know, and I'm sure they. I don't think they were sort of like taking it for granted by any stretch. I mean, so many of them had 16 weeks of losing to sort of remind them of how hard this <laughs> this league is. But at the same time, I do think uh, that that you know they just they've got they've got to sort of understand just how difficult it is, how 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 good they can be, and how good teams are going to treat them on a week to week basis. That's all. all. All, all true, all true. Uh, guys, Matt Williamson, the Locked On NFL podcast. He does a fantastic job over there. Um, Monday show is, you know, host of the Locked On shows, team specific. Uh, te- uh, team specific. So, yeah, look at that. You usually get two to three guys uh, on a Monday show, and I'm talking about the weekend's action. You get... Um, you get Sage Rosenfels, obviously, with all the young quarterback play in the league. You get a lot from Sage in that respect. Mike Renner from PFF on Wednesday. Mike Sando from ESPN on Thursdays. Uh, Matt does his uh, pick for the entire weekend's games on Fridays. So go ahead and check out the Matt Williamson Locked On NFL Podcast. Does a good job over there, guys. Go ahead and subscribe, download. So, Pete, here we sit, 3-6, uh, 2-3-1. Um, today was the first time where the game did not go to the final gun as far, you know, so it, it, it's tough in that respect, but look, obviously, you know, on paper in all faces, uh, you know, a better football team here. But two, three, and one, the record could be a lot prettier than that. Um, it's going to be funny when we get the reviews tomorrow because they're going to be like, "Wow, Pete sounded a lot happier than than he does after a win." Um, maybe some of that's just confirming some of the needs that Pete sees here. And guys, uh, yeah, look, the, the offensive tackles; these are the guys that are here right now. But uh, unless something drastic changes in the next ten ball games, some, some upgrades could drastically drastically be needed if you want to protect your franchise quarterback in six. So Pete, some thoughts here through the first six, buddy. Well, to, to be clear, it's it's more of a case of you're never as good as you as you think you are after a win, and you're never as bad as you think you are with a loss. I mean, it's the difference, you know, you go into people talking about, oh, the Browns are going to make the playoffs, the Browns are going to do this, that, the other after a win, and then after this, oh, they need to, you know, they need to trade for a million things, and, and the world is over type thing. It's, you know, I, I just try to keep it in the middle of try to keep it realistic, but you know what what needs to happen. First, they got they can't let San Diego beat them twice. Uh, they are lucky in the fact that they go play the Bucks. In from a from a defensive standpoint, the Bucks can't really play much defense. So you're hoping that the offense can have a little bit of a, a get well game in some respects. That Baker's going to bounce back from the, the ankle that some of these guys are going to bounce back from the mistakes they had against what is a good Chargers secondary, uh, that they're going to be able to have a better day, that hopefully the pass protection can step up. Uh, It's not going to be easy with Gerald McCoy and and JPP and some of those guys, Uh, but that you're hoping that those things can get better. But ultimately, you know, so much of this season has always been about getting better it what well, hasn't been so much about wins and losses unless your name is Hugh Jackson uh, <laughs> that, that, that this becomes about improving the team the, the thing I, 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 I'd like to see is them to sort of start pivoting to where this team is going not where you know the guys that they've sort of pegged to, to sort of drag them to victories and what I mean by that is is you know, you're not going to give up on Jarvis Landry. I'm not suggesting you give up on Jarvis Landry. You're not going to entirely give up on Carlos Hyde. I don't. I'm not suggesting you should give up on Carlos Hyde. But I do think you need to start looking at some of these guys, like Duke Johnson, like Nick Chubb, like Seth Devolve. In Seth Devolve's case, it's really you know you know a a uh, if you're not going to use him, why is he here type deal. 
Uh, but keep building with David Njoku. Hopefully Callaway gets better. You can't rely on him. He needs to be sort of a an extra dash to something as opposed to a guy that gets 10 targets or whatever he, you know, whatever he got today. And hopefully guys like Ratley can sort of, you know, learn from this and get a little bit better. But David Njoku is going to be a part of this team. You're, you, you know, D- Duke Johnson was signed to be a real part of this offense. Nick Chubb was drafted to be a real part of this offense. Carlos Hyde is not a long-term answer. Jarvis Landry is not a long-term answer. Like at some point, they have to make a real concerted effort, and maybe this won't happen until they're truly out. But much as to what the defensive side of the ball is doing, getting incorporated in those young players – uh, the offense has to sort of decide that. Look, man, this is where this team is going. We've got to get on board because if if I'm if if, if you're Hugh Jackson, Todd Haley, and you're not going to use Duke Johnson and, and Nick Chubb and some of these other guys, you're going to be watching another coaching staff use them next year and wonder what the hell were you doing? And you know you you, you talked about it. Carlos Hyde is averaging like 2.4 yards a carry in this game. Nick Chubb. The only reason he's not averaging even more is because of a holding penalty <laughs> uh, that took him off, that knocked him off eight yards. But we can't keep doing this every week where Nick Chubb goes in there, lights it up, and then we're still going. Why why isn't he getting the ball? Duke Johnson had a 18 yards per touch today, and I understand some of that was in garbage time in the fourth quarter a little bit. But six touches for 108 yards or whatever it was. Like, what are you doing that you're saying we are so good, apparently so good on offense that we can afford not to get this guy the ball? And I thought they did a good job initially designing things, and some of this was they caught the de- uh, the, the Chargers in a good defense with with the one Duke play where they he was wide open in space because they like blitzed Derwin James or something along those lines. But why isn't that a main feature of your offense where you send – Najoku and Callaway down the field or whatever and you you open up the space for for Duke Johnson the other part is you know people complain that Nick Chubb is you know you can't put him in there because he can't pass block well first Carlos Hyde got killed on one pass blocking but more importantly when Nick Chubb's in there you know what's going to happen they're running the football they're not kidding anyone by saying that they're, they're throwing the ball and they're not throwing the ball to him so you're one-dimensional either way. The difference is Nick Chubb actually goes and gets you yards, which I would think is was, is kind of important at this point, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, God, too good. But it's it's it, look, it, it, it's the whole point, and it's it just silly and annoying with it. You have youth here. You have your quarterback in place. Let's start seeing who is part of the big plan for the next few years. It's sh- some of these guys have legitimate cases that they should be getting the ball more. The fact that Carlos Hyde gives you whatever it was, 34 total yards, and two other backs give you you know over 140, it tells you that maybe they need to be featured. Uh, I do want to go ahead and uh, just one more time, Damian Ratley. I'm going to give one to myself there. I'm happy for the kid. Look, uh, you know, not a gorgeous day, but at the end of the day, you get yourself in there, you get your first meaningful playing time, you put up a, you know, you got some nice stats to look at, you got some nice film to look at. Seems like the type of guy who's going to go back and is going to work even harder now. Guys, Pete Smith, uh, you know, read the work over NFL Spin Zone. Go ahead, follow Pete. Um, you know, I always enjoy sitting back on the timeline when I'm eating my lunch and just watching Pete and whoever it is go at it or whatever. You know, not Hiram anymore, though. He passes on on those ones. Uh, so, guys, look, you know, at, at the end of the day, look, two, three, one through six weeks. Tough loss today, uh, but a better team had their way. You would have liked for a better showing, most certainly. But, you know, at the end of the day, it, it just didn't work out that way. With that, we move on to Tampa Bay next week. Uh, look, looking forward to it. And like as Pete said, it's a bounce-back, feel-good game where maybe the offense can go ahead and feel a little bit better about themselves. Go ahead, follow the Locked On Browns podcast. Twitter account, guys. I always keep it follow-back. 
Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, I appreciate everything, guys. It's been a phenomenal week, another phenomenal month. Just you know, more and more you're driving you and finding your ways heal. Everybody who's recommending uh, the iTunes ratings reviews, please keep those up. I appreciate it so much. Uh, you know, obviously not the happiest of times, guys, but we'll get into PFF with John Costco. We'll get into film with Jake Burns. You will have our crossover show. Uh, Jeff Resden's going to join us here. He's going to start popping in once a month for us, like we've been doing Ben Albright and Mark Sessler. So we got a lot going on here, guys. Uh, until we talk, uh, until we talk tomorrow night. Let's go Browns. LGB on the LOB.